Hello everybody, it's Tristan Henry. I'm here with my man Will Harvey. Willie boy! Yeah boy! What's How going you doing, on? brother? Yeah, good man. Super excited to be doing this. You caught the sunrise this morning? I did. It's beautiful. Nothing's more beautiful than Mother Nature early in the morning. Bloody awesome, man. Yeah. Now we're on the rocks at Coolum and uh, we both have this urge to to speak and to share. That we do. It's probably been uh, depressed for about the last, I don't know, 20 years. <laughs> I wanted to share my voice. Um, and that's where we're at today. That's where we're at today. Yeah. And that's all we're doing. We're uh, connecting. We're going to hear a little bit about Will Harvey and his story. And uh, I'm just looking forward to bringing that curiosity and that love and, um, yeah, opening up the channel and, and seeing where we go. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's quite funny. I just want to start with uh, how we met and how this all, all started. It was quite, you know, we we're in the um. I actually noticed I was creeping, creeping around the streets of Coolum and noticed Tristan had moved up to uh, to the sunny state from Melbourne, and I saw him walking around and I saw him in the gym. Hang on, I thought I was pretty cool because um. I was like, oh, this Coolum place doesn't look like it has any trainers and <laughs> I've got all this experience and maybe I'll just start taking my shirt off and doing some muscle-ups in the park and yeah. dropping the location bombs. Yeah, and, oh, you uh, got me. I was getting zero likes and <laughs> <laughs> no attention. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah. how do I break into this Coolum community? Yeah, that's no, it's tough, eh? It's tough. Um, I, I roughed into this North Shore gym and... Yeah, we just... It was no, love at first sight. <laughs> it was love. The kept telling me i got to meet this guy, Will. Yeah. Who is this Will guy? Yeah. Why, why am I going to like this Will guy? Yeah. And then he did the same to me. He goes, you got to meet this Tristan fella. And I'm like, yeah, 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 we'll meet. It was about a month, I reckon. It took a while. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we just had this friendship. Like we've known each other. You know those people that you meet and it feels like you've known them forever. And we've. We've got chatting and here we are today and we we both um, we both got a very similar story where we're um, we're trying to make it as athletes um, professional athletes didn't quite make it we got on this self health or self help journey yeah um, and we just got chatted one day and we're like oh one of us said yeah I've just felt like I've got this voice and I'm, I've wanted to share but I haven't shared for you know, I just said before, like 17 years, and I think uh, Tristan's about the same. I've always been really scared to share my story and, um, and to do it on a platform where more than one person can hear it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yourself, <laughs> all that talk in the head, you know. <laughs> and I just hide it, but I know that so many people can connect with, uh, you know, with pain and with um, the desire to to heal and to grow and and yeah I connected with you on that level straight away yeah and uh, we got chatting over a coffee and said well let's start a, a podcast to to try and reach as many people as possible to uh, to help them like uh, Tristan said is uh, to heal so we get pretty deep on that kind of stuff but also like movement our movement and emotions and you know your nutrition like, where's your nutrition come from? What's the soil health like? So there's so much reconnecting 
with nature, which we've got so far away from. And, um, you know, the more we jump into this metaverse, which is the way it's going, the more we still need to connect to nature. And, you know, all of these, we're going to wrap all of this up in the podcast and deliver amazing stories and uh, just, um, what's that word I'm looking for? Experiences, the experiences that we've had with our clients, our ourselves, um, and just all of that. And we're going to, we want to educate you how you can then implement that into your life. Absolutely. Yeah, I think just sharing our journeys and, and bringing other people on that, you know, can really add value and, and add layers to um, to what we know and what we've done and to give you guys a chance to take that away and just experience it for yourself. Yeah. And also just to know that there's there's no right way and, you know, I've read a lot of, a lot of shit and done a lot of research, but until you really experience it for yourself, um, there, there is no change, you know. For a long time, I felt really, really smart, um, reading a hell of a lot of books and doing a lot of study. But uh, you know, ten or fifteen years, I, I don't think I really changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. You may have been a little bit. The little bumps would drop it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chipping away at the surface. Yeah, but uh, but within saying that, like like Tristan said, you know, it's taken us fifteen years to get to this point where we feel like we're ready to go out and serve the world with our knowledge um and, and help you whereas we want to try and cut that time down for you guys so you can start implementing this stuff and it doesn't take 15 years to but you know you're saying that if that journey if that's the journey that it needs to take then that's, that's what it needs it to take yeah but uh we just want to yeah help you get the good correct um information to help you sift through hours and hours of reading or listening um, to just yeah, get the message out there that there's there's more to life than going to work, being trapped in the rat race, just going to work, coming home, sinking piss on the weekend, eating junk food, watching TV. I've always felt there was more to life. Yeah. Yeah. That journey. Yeah, same. Same. I've been a part of that journey, but I've always felt like there was more to life than that. Yeah. Listen, the reason why uh, I, I really want to get you guys to hear more from Will is, is not only because he's a part of, obviously, what we're trying to do together, but I think he's just got a, a, a beautiful, telling, touching story. You know, he's got 17 years in the health and wellness and, and fitness industry, um, loads of experience. He's been a great ap- athlete and searched down that path, about self-destructed that journey a little bit himself. Um, he's had a really tough time with the passing of his brother. He's um, done some real soul searching throughout the whole time, but he, even more so probably in the in the more recent years. And um, just it's it's been more about movement. It's more than just movement. It's soil health. It's going deep um, on so many levels. And I don't want to even try and put words on it because I think we'll just does such a better job of it than me so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we bring it out in each other we're, we're both good at it <laughs> but, uh, yeah i want to hear from you from your i want to hear your story from you and uh and give you that platform that yeah. opportunity today so uh, awesome yeah please just give us a bit of an idea yeah how thanks. you got here yeah yeah thanks for that introduction brother
Yeah, so I um, where's it all start? I was born in Tasmania, so I'm a Taswegian, <laughs> way down there, down in uh, Hobart, and then um, at the ripe age of two, I moved to uh, the family, decided to um, buy a, a farm on King Island, which um, was amazing. Um, it's in the the islands in the middle of Bass Strait. Um, to the left, so there's King Island and Flinders Island. King Island's the best island, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's where all the good meat, cheese, seafood comes from. And then, um, yeah, so on the island, there's no no traffic lights. I remember when we got over there, it was just generated power. So it just, just away from everything, it was just like so isolated. Um, and, and growing up in an environment like that just got me unknowingly touch, in touch with nature. Um, you know, there's not many cars on there. It was lots of dirt roads. Um, you know, two policemen, <laughs> your local pub, <clears throat> you got your, your sports fields where everyone went. And, you know, the community. It was just a community. There's about 2,000 when I was living there. There's about 2,000 people that lived there, maybe a little bit more. It's dropped down a little bit now. I think there's around 15,000. Um, but just having that community and that away from the hustle and bustle, looking back on it was an amazing time to be to be brought up on an island like that. It's such a foreign thing to hear from me because I always used to hear stories like that from my grandparents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah, even think that yeah. places existed in the world yeah. like that. Yeah. Until, uh, yeah, I heard some of my friends from little country towns have similar stories. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, so for, from the very beginning, without knowing it, um, I think I got connected to nature. That was my that was my journey, um, working with Mother Nature. But I just, uh, <clears throat> at the start, wasn't aware of it. I remember when I was a little kid, I said I always wanted to be a farmer when I grow up, or a, I think I might have been a cowboy, riding horses and stuff. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I always... Always just had that connection, um, and then, and then growing up, just uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I probably probably it wasn't unfortunate because it was my journey, and that's the way I went. Is that <clears throat> um, my childhood got a little bit rough there, um, just with my parents, just being, you know, as. There's very similar stories, just young parents growing up, having kids and, and not knowing what to do and how to, to deal with their emotions, which then, you know, you turn, turns into drinking, watching your parents drink, um, probably more my dad, um, going down that, he dealt with his emotions by alcohol, <clears throat> which a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, I did. So I started dealing with them just from what I saw. I started dealing with my emotions through alcohol. And that's how I do it at the ripe age of uh, 12, I believe. I had my first... <clears throat> I wasn't my first beer. I probably had a sip of beer or a glass of beer with my dad when I was five. And then at the age of 12 is when I um, really started, I suppose, drinking every weekend, binge drinking every weekend. And what's your memory of, like those times when you were 12 and you started binge drinking? Yeah, like yeah, I, could, I can still remember the night, even though I can't remember the night. 
<laughs> um, so like, I'll, I'll just, I'll take it back. Like, um, the alcohol got involved, and my mum ran away from my dad for a little bit. Um, so we were on the island, and then we left, um, and we went to mum's brother, who was based in Sydney, and we just jumped around. Went to Sydney, then we might have come back to King Island. Parents tried to figure it out because they thought it was the best thing for the kids. Um, which obviously now, as society grows, to have a healthier, happier life. You know, yeah. our parents having that stable relationship with the parents, you know, um, all of that. How do we emotion? Parents not dealing with it, but thinking, as society says, you know, yeah, you got to work through it together and work this relationship out as parents and being young, but not dealing with your emotions, which now we can see as we've grown as society is probably like a just destruction of disaster. Like it just doesn't work anymore. It's okay to say, yeah, this isn't working and move on and see how you can make it work. Um, but growing back up in those days, it just wasn't spoken about. One for men, my dad, you're just weak. If you talked about your emotions as a as a male, you just you know, and and he went through some you know tough times, losing a brother, um, and seeing it happen. Um, so he and and other stuff that happened in his life and the way he dealt with it was just alcohol. Um, so so now <laughs> I can say that <laughs> it's been a lot of hard work getting getting to that thing of. You know, I, I did hold a lot of resentment to my dad, um, and I can still find still find myself doing it now. Yeah. Um, you know, why why did he do that? Why? So, so let's go into that a little bit, if you're okay with it, and um, and just tell us like, how did you go from maybe being a bit resentful and and hurt to having some empathy and some understanding? Yeah. So what I'll do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this back around, and connect that, because um, so because what I want to tell the story is my first night when I had the had the drink, because this is like, so I've got that going on in the background with my my mum and dad trying to bring it back together. My mum, then we went away for the second time. We ended up in Victoria this time. Yeah. So how old are you now? Oh, I want to say eight. I want to say I'm eight, and then we're just bouncing around to different schools because my mum's trying to figure it out. You know, she's only young. Um, at the time, I didn't know that. But I was happy at the time. I thought I was happy. Like, I was. I was a young kid um, trying to help my mum out, trying to be the, you know, the man of the house, which then brings in other stuff. So we're bouncing around, and then, then we end up, so by this time, I've gone to, you know, six, seven, eight schools, all in the, the space of, you know, well, maybe three years. Um, just started the schooling career. Um, so I think which affected my learning in a sense of, um, you know, I feel like I'm a bit dyslexic or my or it wasn't my, just my learning. Like at that time of year, like trying to get the foundations and I was bouncing around. And so my reading isn't the best. Um, I'm alright with numbers. Um, I can find myself. I can get myself a little bit lost when I'm speaking and and brain fart and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> but 
that was going through school, but now I've educated myself, which is like, we'll get into that as well. But I found a passion that I was interested in. My speaking's got heaps better. My writing has got heaps better um, and all of that. But as, as growing up through school, because um, of that learning at the start got disrupt, disrupted, I just wasn't into it. Didn't want to learn, didn't want to be in the school thing. Um, so I had all that going on. Um, so didn't like being at school, loved being outside, playing sport. Parents not quite getting along. Saw my dad drinking. Bang, had my first night out on the, the beer, shall we say. And all of that feeling went away. It was just me feeling good, let go. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> is this what it feels like to be free? Is this the, is this it? Unconsciously knowing. Yeah. And so the only times I felt free like that was being on the footy field or having a beer. Yeah. As a 12-year-old? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a 12-year-old. Yeah. 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 So that's, uh, as you, yeah, it still gets me, like, thinking of that. Um, of that's just, young, man, and, and there's so much going on, and, you know, you're trying to figure things out, and you're trying to be a good son and earn the, the love and respect of your parents. And, and to matter and, and to have a good time and there's you know there's so much going on as a 12 year old boy you're still developing trying to fit in in school like you were going through a lot yeah and then at the time no, you don't see it though you just think oh yeah this is this is sweet the way you know especially in Australia there's a big drinking culture Maybe not at 12, but where everything hasn't developed in your brain and stuff. But, you know, because the, uh, the drinking culture is so big and everyone's trying to numb themselves, it was okay. Like, oh, yeah. you just slipped under the radar and got away with it. Especially in a little country town as well. Like, everyone else was having... Maybe not everyone else. I hung out with older people. I had that older... Like, my older brother, he would have got annoyed. Um, but I was always hanging out with him and his mates... Um, and just, um, yeah, doing it, just living life that way. And, and what I, what you call free in quotations, yeah. you know, I thought I was free living in nature, getting hammered on the weekend, yeah. driving cars, shooting guns, going fishing. Like it was sick. It was good fun. <laughs> you it know? sounds like a dream life. I yeah. 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 It was sick. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's what that's where all my programming, all my like little stories got started, set it up through through just through there of how to cope with my coping track, my coping mechanisms got started getting set up then, um, which then by the time I was sixteen, I reckon I was a full blown alcoholic. Yeah, just been not drinking every day, but drinking on the weekends, just coping with life. Yeah. Whew. Still gets doing, me. Man? Yeah. Yeah. Good. 
and then um, and then from there, so so I was still connected to the land at, at that age, and then um, we got I got told I was I was moving schools, I was moving off the island and going to a um, a private school in uh, in Tassie, the Launceston Grammar. Big up, Lonnie Grammar. Good times there. Um, and how old are you now? Uh, 13, 14, turning, going into 14. 14, and yep. how many times have you moved school? This would have been the ninth, I think. Yeah, this would have been the ninth school. Wow. Um, Nine schools, and you're only 13. Yeah. Not through getting in any trouble or anything, it was just moving around. Some I was a good student. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some kids haven't had nine teachers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And like, I was a good kid, I wasn't bad or anything. Like, I didn't get in trouble at school. Yeah, I just, I went there. I didn't enjoy it. Um, but I was in there and, you know, I liked lunchtime because I got to kick the footy with my mates and recess and all that. But actually being in class, I didn't, I didn't like sitting down and being in class. Why yeah. not? Um, I wasn't interested in the stuff that were getting taught. I didn't want to learn about Shakespeare. I didn't want to read a uh, a uh, non-fiction book about something that was made up. I didn't like it. Just didn't interest me. I'd rather been outside, um, in the sun, just being active, like most little boys are. Um, and yeah, so I didn't. I just didn't gel with the school curriculum. Yeah. 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 How? And I think that's like it's starting to come out now that the. The way to teach people, some people is just not that way. It's, I think it's like 5% of people get taught and learn the way that school systems uh, teach. But hey, that's, a, that's another, that's a, something we'll unpack during the oh, podcast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I came to the Launceston Grammar and I had a bit of reputation. I was all right at football already. Um, that's Aussie rules. So coming to the school, people sort of already knew me and already knew that I was I was I was good at footy. Um, so to deal with that expectation, I probably drank a little bit more as well, <laughs> and just felt you're always getting watched. So coming to the school, you're always like, um, yeah. So my drinking probably increased when I got there because of that. Like, you know, scouts, you know, scouts are starting to come watch you now. So I've got the, the, without knowing the pressure, the unconscious mind of the pressure of trying to, at the age of 14, 15, trying to impress everyone in that way, trying not to let my parents down, trying not to let um, myself down and, and, um, and just watching, watching role models off TV of how, you know, just watching actually, just watching uh, how you should act as a, a sports person and seeing stories and stuff. Um, as role models, you sort of saw like, you know, the drinking culture, womanizing, um, That's what being a professional athlete is about. Yeah. And you and play I, hard, you succeed, you 
have beautiful women. Yeah, you park nice cars. Yeah, you party hard. Party hard, and you live the life. That's the life of a professional athlete, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing everything right. Um, so with that that underlying issue of not dealing with my emotions um, and trying to impress everyone and trying to be the best I can be. But in dealing with that, I turned to alcohol. I didn't speak to anyone because men don't speak and men don't cry and men, men don't share emotions. So I'm here at, at my new school doing well, you know, good athletics, all the sports stuff. I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I was, I was pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, and everything was going in the right direction. Made um, all Australian under 16 um, with the AFL. Um, so made it with people like uh, Adam Cooney. So he was in my team. We all went, um, Brendan Goddard, Daniel Wells. Like There's all these guys that did fairly well um, in AFL. Won some Brownlow medals, won some premierships, or played in grand finals. And uh, so I'm in some pretty good company. We go away as under 16s. Um, had a really good carnival. One of the games, I was vice captain of Australia. Came back. Um, there was a comment made by one of the coaches about, uh, I might have said, oh, we won a game or we won the carnival. And I probably brought up drinking. Are we going out and drinking at this under 16 level? Um, representing Australia. And he's like, what are you talking about, mate? You got a drinking problem or something? So I must have brought it up. And I'm like, well... That sort of, at the time, hit something inside me. Um, you touched a nerve? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. So that was probably like thinking about it now. It's funny, like on this podcast, you know. That was probably the first moment something got touched in my unconscious mind of like there's, a, there's an issue going on. There's an outside person that is one of your coaches in an elite program that has made this comment to you. <clears throat> but didn't didn't do anything about it, you know. Still sixteen, had an amazing thing. Went back, still partying hard. Probably should have reined it in. But that was um, probably then my footy career started going backwards. It all started catching up with me. My emotions as a sixteen-year-old, trying to deal with that, trying to deal with family life, trying to get drafted into a a professional sports career, um, and then the underlying issues of not having someone, just having no one, I suppose, a wise, an elder in my life to, to guide me <clears throat> in the right direction, whether it be a football coach or um, someone in my family or just someone, I just didn't have that. Um, so there was no one around that you could... Have a heart to heart with. Yeah, someone that stepped up. Like you can see someone struggling now, as a where I am today, and like looking back at it, like there was just no one that stepped up, or I didn't want to. So my journey could have been I, I had to go do it myself and find and find these people. What what Uh, do you think you needed? Like if someone was to step up and say something. What did you need? That's a good question. That's a... 
I needed someone that had gone through this process and, and that understood what was going on. I didn't need anyone to tell me how to be. But I just needed someone just dropping little, little bombs. Someone who understood you. Yeah, fuck, that's got me, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Someone who understood you, someone who felt you, what you were going through. Yeah. And just stood in that space with you. Yeah. This has got me all emotional too. (laughs) Yeah. That's all, yeah. Yeah. Someone to be really present with you. Yeah. Yeah. Someone just see you. Yeah. 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 Just see you. That's what it's all about. Yeah. 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 I'm like, obviously you can't see us, but what's happening right now is, yeah, it's just bang. Just pull on that heart trigger. So it just shows you it doesn't matter how much you've, how much work you've done. You, you, you sit, like, Stuff still comes up. And so just tying this back around, this is one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast with uh, with Tristan is because... T-Dog. You like the T-Dog? <laughs> is, uh, we've got Big Willie and T-Dog. <laughs> um, is exactly for that reason. We are just coming into our voice, and and we know that it's going to open up a um, a whole other layer for ourselves. It's going to be a personal journey, and it's going to be a shared journey. Yeah. And whether you're that twelve-year-old boy that comes across this, or that fifty-year-old man, or that twenty, like you know, that twenty twenty-five-year-old young man that still feels lost. Because you can still be 50 and feel lost. Um, and I just want to hold that space for um, young men or, you know, if you're a female and you connect to this, you can be female as well. Um, it's to hold that space and say, I see you. It's okay. Life sucks at the moment, but it's okay. And that's what you need that's what I needed. That's what I needed too. Yeah. 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 And just just those elders, like we've never, we don't have elders, wise elders anymore. Like there are out there, but within your tribe, there's very few, few between. Like, and it shows like everyone's trying to stay fucking young and inject, inject stuff into their lips or their ass or their, yeah, it's their ass at the moment. And instead of aging gracefully, layers, you look, you're going to get wrinkles. And there's stuff you can do, you can put on your skin, like natural stuff to keep yourself more, your skin looking youthful and elastic, but it's not going to take away the wrinkles. And we're just in this age where we just need uh, the elders to step up again. And I think too, like, um, you know, just bring it all back around full circle, you know, maybe what you needed was someone to stand with you and be there and and um, you know just just really to be there and understand you and, um, there was probably something that, that you needed to do for yourself too which is um, step up and be, be available and open to that 
Yeah. Yeah. Which that's, that's what you're that's what you're doing now is and, and that's you know that's a never-ending process it's just you know that might have been the first trigger point that you realize but now you know life brings opportunities for the rest of our life for us to stand up and be available and yeah yeah brother our pain. yeah yeah <laughs> that's it and that <clears throat> i suppose yeah and then so I'll keep I'll keep cracking on with the the story. So you, so I'm 16. Um, you're 16 and you're misunderstood. Yep. But misunderstood on the inside. So I'm like a like a duck in water, sitting beautifully on top, or a swan, and Ellie gets swan <laughs> from underneath. My feet are going nuts. Inside I'm. I'm fuck. I do, do not know who I am, but on the outside, I'm a comfortable footballer who's gonna make it, and a bit conky, cocky, and arrogant. Yeah. And just relying on my my skills to to get me through. So, uh, yeah, come back. Had an awesome uh, championship. We won that. Um, my confidence is probably a little bit high. My cockiness is a little bit high. And uh, my drinking's getting a little bit more. And that year of football turned to shite, shall we say. <laughs> and um, I suppose my football coach maybe reminded me of my dad. So, yeah, I know. And uh, we're butting heads. And I lost the love of the playing football, and instead of being a free, like it was, this, it was playing football for me was a, an expression of my freedom and my my creativity and just who I was. And that was going, that was leaving me, but I didn't know that. That was only being able to look back on it. But in that time, I was like, the harder I tried, the worse I got. I didn't know why, but in the background, I was just by, I'd lost the love for the game. Because now it wasn't, it wasn't football anymore. It was trying to get respect for my dad and prove myself. And. Yeah, it just got worse. Worse and worse. The harder I tried, the worse it got. And then obviously, yeah, started getting injured. My body started doing hamstring soft tissue injuries at the age of 17. Shouldn't have been happening. Um, always on my left side. Um, then some on my right. Uh, and we'll get into the left side and what all that means body-wise and all this kind of emotions attached to that. Um... And then in my big year, so I could have got drafted at 17, missed that. So the next year I was like, right, this is it. I moved to Melbourne. I was living in Tassie. The Tassie team folded, wasn't in the under 18 competition, the Tat Cup as it was called then. The kids got drafted, moved to Sandyham Dragons, started my preseason. Everything was going sweet, was feeling fit. Two weeks before the season started, 
I rolled my ankle and had to have an ankle reconstruction. Right. Um, and then, so that's uh, Mother Nature just selling signs, or the pain teacher, as we like to call it. I didn't always, so devastated. My world was broken. I was like, this is my year. I was feeling good. Still drinking heavily. Uh, I'm still not dealing with shit. Again, so I moved to my 10th school. Meeting new people. Um, obviously, because, you know, problems happened. So I ran away from something. Yeah. With the footy, wasn't going as well. Had to leave Tassie. Had to out welcome my stay. And had to go to a new location to find myself, I guess. And all these stories link back up. As you can see, this is like, you know, this is like, there's a lot more that goes into this and um, we'll break into that. But I'm just giving you the the outline of all this of, you know, where to where I got in the journey. Um, and then, um, again, the harder I tried, the harder it kept pushing back. And then the more I kept drinking. So the more I kept, um, anyone that tried to help me, the more I kept pushing them back and pushing them out. I put up a pretty good wall. As you can see, I went to 10 schools. Um, so you did have some people um, trying to help you along the way? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I'd have girlfriends, but I was just an absolute prick to uh, the feminine energy. I would um, just throw it back in their face. Um Womanizer, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Without them knowing them, they were all, they were all all the um, females that came into my life and I had a relationship with were all very caring and nurturing and so nice and just loving in a female perspective, um, which I threw back. Just threw back, right in back in their face, because I, um, going back to the, I suppose, um, into my story with my parents, thinking they were doing the best thing, um, and without my mum knowing, and and bless her, I love her to bits, and she's gone through rough. She's gone through it rough. Um, her mum was in um, the stolen generation, which is um, the Aboriginals. Her mum was uh, half Aboriginal and half white. Um, and looked more white, and it was when they were taking the Aboriginal kids off their parents, so she got taken off as a baby, and then put into a <coughs> a foster care, and and so she grew up that way, and my mum was a byproduct of that, and if you go into my mum's story, is fucking, is, um, I give her credit to what she did growing up with what she had, and the knowledge that she had, it, it's not good. It wasn't good. But I, you know, seen it. It wasn't until I got through it, I didn't see it that way. My mum and I'd always gone with my mum when she left and, and had to go explore her journey. Uh, but this time my mum and my dad had decided that I was going to stay um, on the farm. Um, and this, uh, this period of time um, was... Uh, I might have been 10 now, 10 to, 10 to 13, I stayed on the island pretty consistently um, with my dad, but as you can see, that's when my drinking started 
Tell us a bit more about So, um, I'm just going to finish this. Are you bringing it back around to your mum and the women yep, and Yep, yep. So, my mum left me. They thought it was the best thing. As a nine, ten-year-old, all I could think was my mum has left me, um, has gone and left me. So, I was on King Island and she went up, um, she came up to Queensland way. And it wasn't her intention to, to think that. But as a 10-year-old boy, um, I, from that moment there, I can, I suck, suck up a wall. So any feminine energy that would try and help me, I would allow it to come so far. But then, um, would stop it and do anything to self-destruct it. Yeah. 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 So I blocked my feminine energy coming in. And allowing it and became a hard, tough, young man. And my feminine energy was alcohol. That's the one that cradled me. That's the one that cared for me. That's the one that was there. That was the one that told me I was good when I was feeling down. That was the one that made me uh, so when I needed cuddling that's where I got it from. Find a way. We always find a way to get what we need, even if it's not the most resourceful way. Yep. There you go. That was my nurture. The bottle was my nurture. So, even though it might not have happened intentionally, you felt abandoned. Yeah. But don't get me. Like, if I was ever in need of help, like, my parents were there. Like, they loved, they loved me. They never, they never weren't loving me. So that was there. And, um, but at the same time, and I, and I know a lot of people probably live in this, like, the same situation is that, yeah. That's how you processed it as a young boy. Yep. So we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the internet back then. <laughs> we couldn't. <laughs> and I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah. I did grow up with a generator. I told <laughs> it was generator power. I remember walking over to the shed and we had to turn the generator off to the house because you didn't want to waste the fuel and you couldn't sleep with the engine diesel going. Yeah. Um, but so I felt abandoned. Yeah, would be the best way of explaining it. And that's the only way I could I could deal with it. That's that. Well, that's the way I dealt with it. Yep. Yeah. Um, through the bottle. So um, yeah, I didn't get drafted. Um, felt like I let everyone down. Everyone that had helped me along the way. So I had to deal with that. Um, and I did that through uh, drinking. And then um, this time I'm in... So by now I'm in Melbourne. Um, started out, started living by myself now. Um, parents had moved back to Tassie. 
Um, so they moved over for school, so they could they did anything like for me and for football. They they moved and did it. Um, so there was a lot of pressure on to make it, um, to the pressure I put on myself to make it and all that. And uh, they decided to go back to, to the island. Um, they got them back together again. Um, and I was left to, which was amazing, defend by myself in Melbourne. They helped me out though, like financially with, getting a place and stuff like that, which is still amazing. Um, as I said, they always like they do anything for me, yeah. but this wasn't um, just the emotions that were attached to everything wasn't the the healthiest um, circumstances, shall we say? Um, so I was left to fend for myself in Melbourne at eight, uh, seventeen. I would have been eighteen now, living by myself. Raging alcoholic, um, started going out, found drugs as well, um, playing footy still in the VFL, um, so I was playing with people that had got drafted, um, playing with people that are playing like in AFL, so I'm like in the, in the system going, fuck, these guys are drinking, uh, these guys are taking drugs, these, oh, this is, I'm, I'm still living the life, just not in the limelight, um, like, yeah, this is great. But at the same time, my footy was, um, I was just getting injured all the time. Every time I'd go, I'd come back from injury, I'd be playing really well. So I knew I still had it. Three games in, I'd get injured again. I couldn't string games together. Uh, I started drinking pretty heavy, got fat, as I call fat, you know, not like that um, body weight that I should have been at trying to play footy. Um, and then... One day I was like, that's it. I've had enough. Um, that would have been at the age of 22, I think it was. I said, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to lose my identity. Because that's who I was. Um, by this time I was a personal trainer. I'd started my career in personal training. Well, did you make that leap straight away? Because um, for anyone that's kind of got their identity stuck in any one thing. It tends to be a bit of a process between between that shift. Yeah. I know for myself, like, I was just devastated and lost for months on end. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just shift straight in? So by the, uh, yeah, good, good question. By the end of it, um, I hated it. I didn't love it. I didn't watch it. I didn't want to be around it. Um, so in that sense, yeah, I was like, I was ready to call it because I'm like, far oh, out. This is, this is it. This is, um, by this time I was playing in the amateurs in, um, Melbourne. It's called the VAF, VAF, which is quite a, still a good league. Like if you're not playing VFL, most, most, uh, a lot of players still go to, to that and, and, uh, play in that league. So I'm still in a, a good league, but I just hated it. Um, and I left it and turned my attention to something else that a lot of addicts do. Um, it's meant to, uh, triathlons. <laughs> so, was so, yeah, it was a quick shift, but what it was, what it was, was I wasn't ready to let go of being an athlete. Yeah. 
but yeah, I was ready to. I was my density of a, a footballer was yes, yeah, sweet. But then I moved it into still have been an athlete and been someone and making it. But then I wanted to be fucking make the triathlon world circuit <laughs> and got fully immersed in that, um, which got me off drinking, got me off the drugs for well, almost a year, I think. And that was when I was 22. And then in, from 23, from 22 to 25, um, I was on that self-help. I, I'd, I'd had the awakening. Like it hit me hard. So then I started my self, um, self-help journey. And that was through meeting in a... A lady did that reflexology. That was my end. She started doing reflexology. She did uh, other courses. And I was hooked. I was like, what? There's something else out there? Greater than me? It's not all about me? I don't have to It's have not all, all about me? <laughs> I don't have to have all the answers? Yeah. I don't have to have it all worked out on my yeah. own? Yeah. And uh, obviously, as being an athlete, you have to have some selfish... Some selfish um, side to you to make it. Yeah. And it was all about me. Um, but then I'm like, oh, hang on. It's not. And um, Julia and your mum, Zena, I owe so much to those two beautiful females. Because they were the first two females, especially Julia, to open my heart. And they're the first two that I let in and and let the love and guide me and start the journey to where I am today. Yeah. So, yeah, that was... Amazing. And how much of getting rid of the drinking and the drugs, um, how much does that play a role for you in terms of being present and opening up your heart? Yeah, so... Yeah. Massive. So... I'm a psychedelic fan, so to say I don't do drugs now, um, in a sense of, well, I do medicine. I've got a different perspective on it. Um, alcohol, that's still a working relationship. Um, it still gets me now and then, especially when stuff is out of balance. Like to say that I'm full teetotal um, is a lie. Um, I wouldn't say like I went three years, three years with not drinking. That's the most I've ever been. Um, but as soon as I was aware, because I wasn't aware until I was 22, um, there was little comments along the way now that I look back on it and go, yeah, fuck, I, I, I was, <laughs> um, but as soon as I was aware, and this has been what, what I'm 22 and what I'm 12. 
37. So what's that? How long is that? 22 to 37. Yeah, 15, 15 years. It's a 15-year working relationship with alcohol, knowing that there's a, there's a problem. So for someone to go, yeah, fuck, I'll just do it. And then you fall off the wagon and then you're like, fuck it. And you keep drinking, like, you know. It's a process. It's a journey, yeah. Yeah. You know, because I've been on, off, on, off. And it just gets longer each time when stuff happens. Like, I know my triggers with it. I know when I'm... uh, But, yeah, it's just a working in process. Yeah, longer stints off it. Yeah. And then... And then you're more aware when you're on it that you're out of balance. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's the journey. Is it, am I right to say, and I'm happy to be wrong, but you just tell me, that um, you feeling loved and being connected to your heart is only possible when you're off the alcohol. Yeah. For me, yeah. Because 22 was a big turning point for you moving the track. You're still trying to prove yourself. You're still hammering away at being someone, being in that limelight. It was uh, you know, a point in time where the alcohol and the drugs um, got pushed aside. Yeah. Um, so, you know, meeting Julia and Zena. Um, Zena. Um, you know, allowing them to come in was, was probably off the back of also opening yourself up and to love through through letting go of some of those barriers, some of those, those tools you use for shutting down. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like you, you hit the nail on the on the head, brother. Um, just had an ant bite me there. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But yeah, it was um, as soon as I let that, or just made the connection, I was aware of it. Um, it yeah, it opens me up. It opened me up enough to allow that female energy to come in to then start healing the healing process. And then, yeah. So I know every time I don't, every time I get off it, like I'll have a, I'll figure out some story to tell myself to have a beer, uh, whether it to be celebrate. Uh, usually now it's a celebration. I get myself around. It's a good thing um, because I know when I'm out of balance that I know why I'd be having a beer because I'm angry and pissed off or whatever. But now it, it, it's weaned itself around to celebrate. It's a celebration. You deserve yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how it works. So I try, still try to get in there that way now. Yeah. yeah so I, I, like, like I said, it's a, a, work in, a work in progress. But I know when I'm more connected and um, open, I, I don't want to drink. So you meet Julia and Zena, you open up this this feminine energy, like how important is that energy to you? What you know, what were you missing? What do you discover? 
what's changed for you? Yeah, so it scared me. <laughs> I wasn't, I was ready, but I wasn't ready. My journey hadn't stopped. So I just uh, found all this and was opened up to it. Um, started reading books. Paul Check, been a massive influence. At the same time, read his books, did his courses. Holistic Health God, that guy. Um, so I'd found this feminine energy and I was personal training. And I'd found this just new way of coaching people. And I was getting results with people. I was getting results with myself. And then um, I suppose my ego kicked in. And I was like, yeah, you. It's you that is good at this and changing people. Yeah. And then started drinking again, flirting to drugs again. So I'm preaching this amazing thing, but then my old habits have crept in. Um, to massage my ego. I go, yeah, you are good. Because when I was playing football, that's what I did. Because yeah. I couldn't tell myself I was good and believe it. But when I was drinking, I could. So when I was having a drink, I could, I could tell myself I'm amazing. Yeah. But when I wasn't drinking, like who, who am I? Imposter, imposter syndrome. Like you, it's like, you know, you're not smart. You can't read. You can't write. You just got yourself through school. Um, like who are you to be telling? Like older people, that are going through marriage troubles like who's this 22 year old kid that's got fucking who's got drug and alcohol addiction problems telling these people which the the advice that i i gave was spot on i can look back at it now and still speak to these clients and they'll be like yeah yes sweet yeah you're giving me the right advice i've spoken to them about it but yeah who am i so with that running in the background without me me knowing, oh yeah, motion yeah. <laughs> spray. Yeah, um, told us uh, Mother Nature just giving us a good little single there, big waves splashing on us. Um, so I got this program running in the background, going, yeah, you, yeah, you're not good enough again. But at the same time, I'm on this, on this journey of allowing this energy to come in and helping people. And then I've got this, um, like with football, a natural ability with it and not believing in myself. People telling you you're great and you're yeah, good at it. Yeah, yeah, and people telling me I'm great and good at it. But for me to deal with that, I am um, drinking in the background and, and leading this life of... of um, imposter syndrome and just trying to sabotage that um, and then going along with that being a personal trainer then you start getting body image issues because you got to look, look a certain way everyone or just you 
just me. So, you know, trying every diet under the sun, restricting, trying to control that, trying to have the abs, and then you have uh, eating habit problems, binge eating, um, because you're restricting, you got to look a certain way. Um, Never bulimic or anything, but definitely a binge eater, which went along with my binge drinking, which went along with my binge fucking... uh, Weekends, which went along with my the only consistent thing in my life has been exercise, is movement. Well, when I that's move, you were pretty consistent with drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, drinking and exercise. So my my exercise was my meditation and like and my creativity. Like whenever I come up with ideas and I'm just so connected with everything is when I'm moving. Yeah. When I'm out in nature, moving. When I feel trapped and not I'm in a box, in a classroom, in a coach's room, in a, in a, shall we say, a football program that's meant to be done their way, um, which is again another box, in a gym, in a box, like <laughs> in the rat race trying to make money in a box. But when I'm free of all that and creative, I'm out. Just been uh, when I'm at my best, yeah, I'm in Mother Nature, being free, no, no, no limitations. No but when I, yeah, but you know, with my work, meant to look a certain way, meant to make this much money, meant to be training all these people. Have all the answers. Yeah, have all the answers, and you're in this little box again. And my little box, the best way of dealing with it was, um, I suppose, living a, leading a double life. To, uh, I've lost my train of thought where this was going. That's okay, it doesn't have to go anywhere, you know. Yeah. We, um, we so, get to these points in our life where it's like, it's just overwhelming. We, we get lost in our ways. And, um, you know, you're a personal trainer, you're, you're standing there in front of people, you're showing up to be this best version and show people what's possible, and then you just feel like an imposter. And, you know, one of the ways you deal with that is, is three-year-old habits. And, um, and that's how we all live our life until we, we bring more awareness to it. And, um, you know, the awareness is that first point in time where, where we actually get to to challenge it. And we may still keep doing the habit the same way. We may still keep running the old pattern, but at least just noticing and acknowledging that far out, I'm not living my life the way I want to, the way I'm supposed to, or it's, you know, it's not in line with, with who I want to be and what feels awesome. Um, you know, that is, that is the seed of change. And... Um, you're starting to change. Yeah, you know, change, baby. Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah. Um, and I was. I am back now. I'm back. Thanks for that, T Dog. <laughs> That's why we uh, we work so well together. Yeah. So yeah, so having all these body image issues, um, covering up with alcohol, got my drinking partners. 
got different people that I do stuff with so I can go see them and it's a different atmosphere but we're always drinking, drugging, whatever, perfect. Um, but don't get me wrong, having the time of my life. Like, it's, like, it's sick, I'm out partying with, you know, all the, the rock stars of Melbourne down at Eve Nightclub. We're big up Eve. The Saint, the Saint in St Kilda. We, you know, got all friends that own nightclubs. Got um, promoters promoting nightclubs. Myself, so I'm, I'm amongst it, man. Hey, and living it. Were you that guy that didn't even have to line up? Yep, yep. Didn't even have to line up straight in. So I was pretty well connected, living the dream. You know, as, as some would put it. Making good coin, PTN, partying hard, working hard, as we, as we call it. But. Lasted more than three months as a PT. So yeah, so I made it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, along the, the way there, living um, just relationships, fucking stuffing, up, stuffing them up pretty well. Thank you. Um, whether it be um, probably more female, I was pretty solid with my male friends, um, but the female. I was just opening up to that side of things and, you know, sorry. Yeah, sorry to all those people I hurt along the way. Um, but they were there trying to just help me and I wasn't ready. I was foolish not to, not foolish, just wasn't ready to see it. Um, so then um, I met this uh, beautiful uh, English lady that is um, now my wife saw those piercing blue eyes um, to Jess and I followed followed her to England Um, I think we would have been we got married I was 26 Um, yeah over in England pretty quick we it happened all pretty quick I just knew um, I wasn't sure, I didn't know how it was going to work out. I just went over there, proposed, and we got married straight away. Just wow. felt right, within three months. Well, I knew her for two years, but I asked her to get married, and then we're like, let's do it, let's just do it straight away. And within three months, we got we got married. Um, and we've been together 10 years now. Amazing. We've got two beautiful kids. Bo and Luna, which are, as, as all this, all, it was all still happening, but I had a strong connection to family. I wanted a family of my own. I wanted that, what you call family, like that, you know, mum and dad and got along and stuff like that. So I uh, yearned, yearned, yearned for that. Um, and as a, as a young man growing up, I always wanted to be a dad. Yeah. That was my life mission. I wanted to be a dad. And that happened on um, August the, the 17th in 2014. Uh, my, my life goal, one of my life goals came true. And uh, I look at that little boy every day with awe of just how amazing that he is and uh, what keeps me going. Yep. 
Um, but it wasn't, even even though I still had that, I still had these programs running in the background. Um, and I was still drinking. Um, and it wasn't until his second birthday um, that I could see little patterns happening when he was two. Like, so he was two. I would have been too, like, it's all like it all links up and everything connected. And I saw the patterns that I saw within my dad that I didn't want to go down. And I, that was the, that was the, the enlightenment I needed, the proper awakening that I needed. And then I didn't drink. I, I stayed off for the longest period of alcohol and drugs. I was sober off everything for, um, I think it might have been two years. Yeah, and that was that's when I connected everything. That was the the awakening. Was there was there a moment in time? Yeah, I was hammered, and I said something, and it just clicked. Just a, a flashback to my childhood. Yourself or to, yeah. uh, to myself, and then I just opened up to Jess. I'm, uh, everything broke down crying, and it just all came out. Yeah, at that moment, and that was the turning point. Yeah, awesome. yeah. so I took that. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta let it out, eh? Yeah, yeah, and that was the first time I I broke down and and opened up to that feminine energy and ever since that i'm a cry baby <laughs> i'll be watching a film and it just gets me and i'll start crying whereas where i, I didn't before um i'll let the tears come out now yeah and and that was that was the real journey that's when it real like so I'd been given all the little nuggets at the start when I was 22, but wasn't ready to really open up. And then uh, from the, what would I have been, like 29, 30, it would have been in my 30s. Probably just gone 30. August, yeah, so I, the, it would have been like August. 14 or something, so a couple of days before his birthday, second birthday, yep, so yeah, so yeah, I was 30, I would have been ready to change, or just connect the dots, I was ready to connect the dots, so from that, so from the age of 30 to um, uh, 30, what am I now, 36, almost 37, I've, been, I've really been just connected and on a, on a path of how to connect what I knew and my story on how to connect it and give it to the general public. So, yeah, so it's been this, uh, what we're about to give you, not only has it been, uh, you know, 36 years of my life, but then it's been another deep connected seven years of just full on immersed finding myself 
using all the tools that I found and connected with all the people that I've connected with in the health and fitness industry within the um, uh, the sports industry the um, the, as a, the, the spiritual industry that they call it now the self-help industry like all of these I've just been immersed the last years of how do I connect all of this and then how can I share it so let's delve into that a little bit yeah get into that yeah so so i've started again so i did that 22 but it was just wasn't ready so now i've i'm opened up i'm like i'm i went through a patch where i saw it and how it can help but again i was imposter syndrome now i'm like i'm ready i'm ready to give it being a dad yep living like going all right this is time to do it and then Putting it all in there, connecting all the dots of how emotions are, you know. As I've been speaking, I've been dropping back of same programs and, you know, this was my program and and all that. And just connecting the little dots of how when something went bad, I used alcohol. That was my nurturing. That was my mum. Like, you know, when someone said this, because my mum used to say it, then I'd react that way. I didn't want to let my mum down or that pissed me off so I did it that way in revenge to my mum um, or if my dad the way my dad did stuff I was connecting the dots I was like bam 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 I was like holy shit but why for what yeah and it was no why one's why did you fault. start connecting them because I was ready I was ready to move forward and connect to help people I was ready myself my journey, I believe, I'm here, put on, put on this earth, is to help young men, older men, young souls, older souls, um, to help them get through to not be abandoned. When they feel abandoned, that there's someone out there that's been through that, and to help guide them through the situations that's going to help them benefit them um, in life and um, not have to go through so much pain and trauma that I went through by using alcohol and stuff like that. I feel that for you. And to open their heart up and just live through love quicker. Because when you met Jess, you started to shed the layers you opened up to her and started to connect more deeply with yourself. You speak about these these different influences, these different um, people that, are, that you've learned from. Like, can you share a little bit more light about some of the things that you you've taken from, like guys like Paul Check, or I know that you're real passionate about uh, soil health. Uh, I know that you've been through some pretty big stuff around your brother lately. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's one mention I'd like to uh, got, uh, a guy. His name's Wayne Oswald. That was probably my first Aussie, as we put it. He was my first mentor. Wayne. Um, Wayne, yeah. Absolute legend. Um, he was in the footy club, Sandringham Dragons. And he just got me through that, that period of time 
of um, when I was 18. Like, he was the first male figure. And he was, he was cool about emotions and stuff as well. So he opened me up to that, <clears throat> how to connect words, speak properly. I was a farm boy off the, straight off the farm and just spoke, Meh. what's going on, mate, you know? Fuck, fuck this, see that, cut that. Yeah, um, I still swear a lot. I used F a lot, fuck a lot. We're going to swear on this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... um. Yeah, he was the first person to, um, I just felt, I just want to mention him, because he was the first mentor, wise, um, wise elder that I came in contact, and got me to start, and I suppose he was one of them, he was probably the first one that started another truth bomb that I've just connected now, (laughs) um, to help me along this process and this journey. Um, yeah, so connecting all the, the dots that you, um, that you just mentioned was, <clears throat> tell me about Paul Check. That's right, Check. Yeah, so he's all about, um, he's got these four doctors that I just love. Dr. Happy, do what you love. Dr. Quiet, make sure you get quiet time. Dr. Movement. <clears throat> how you move um, and doctor in, within Dr. Happiness is like your one love do what you, you love doing will make you happy and then Dr. Nutrition where's your food come from how's it grown what's the soil like like all these little doctors which are amazing um, you get all them right and working in harmony life is pretty sweet because you're doing what you love um you're moving, you're healthy, <coughs> and there's not much more, is there? Life's yeah, a dream. Taking care of yourself and doing what you love. Yeah. So reading his stuff and going deep into that, because he's very deep into emotions and how injuries, and that's what got me, how injuries, so obviously I had a lot of injuries coming up through footy, and that was just my body trying to talk to me, emotions trying to talk to me of going, this is what's going on. And I wasn't until I was older and being able to, and I wasn't ready to hear it when I was 22, is connect his work to what was going on with my body. And that's how I started connecting all the little dots of emotions and, you know, certain sides of the body, uh, like, you know, your left side, your your female, your nurturing, your chilled out um, side of the body, and then your right side, your male, yeah up and go, work hard. So, you know, if you, if you hurt a certain part of your body or, and then your organs are also, like, it goes deep. We teach, we'll teach you all this, but you just map through your body where injuries and what part of organs are sore and whatever like that, and then you can, um, you can map that back to an emotion and then you can map that back to a certain thing that has happened in your life. So let's just, let's just give the audience something. Um, let's just say, or maybe you've got an injury that you're, that you're happy to, to maybe just share a little bit more on while we're on your your journey. Like maybe there's a there's a left knee or a right shoulder, or I'm I'm just making it up, but maybe there's something that you can just you can go into just a little bit. Yeah. Just for anyone that might be. Um, so my first big uh, ever injury that happened would. Uh, 
I would have been about 10. Yeah, 10 or 11. <clears throat> and I was doing um, high jump in the gym. We're practicing for athletics. We're just mucking around. And I was pushing pretty hard then, just flat out. Um, I think my mum had just moved up to Queensland and I didn't go with her, so I was on King Island. Yeah. And I went up to jump up, do high jump. The bar was too high, trying to be too manly. Those girls in there, so I was just showing off. Oh, yeah. I hit the bar with my arm. The bar fell on the ground. We're on a gym floor. My foot slipped under it. Freak out! It all happened. My knee. Then I landed on my knee on the bar on the gym floor. Split my kneecap in half. Ouch! <laughs> I went to stand up. I can still feel it today. All these days later, I went to walk and it's like blah, and I'm like blah. I can still feel it. Now, when you when you go back to that and you want to break that down, I needed nurturing off a female I didn't have a female that was nurturing me and I needed to slow down and whether it is nurture myself um, so your left side your female side your nurturing side it's your look in look in side um, so I did a lot of sitting around at, at that point in time to look in, but I didn't have anyone around to, to help me with that. Um, and I think my mum was back on the island, but she wasn't, she was, yeah, she was living somewhere else. Um, but I just wasn't giving, getting that female nurture. So it's just a, a... So just relating all that back and being able to look back on it then was the, you know, the left side, the broken kneecap in half, so I couldn't walk anywhere. I couldn't do anything. <clears throat> and it was time to sit back and take time out and, and look inwards. It's kind of like the, when the feminine side is injured, then you need to go into um, doing more of that feminine with yourself. Yeah, nurturing, taking it easy, having that quiet time. Um, yeah. Making sure your nutrition's on your point because that's what feeds your body. Yeah. Sleep. And when hydration. The, and when the injury's on the right hand side, then you're you're not living your masculine energy. Yep. Yep. That's that's it could be just too affected. soft. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling it how it is. Yeah. Dancing around it. Yeah. And it's just it's all about those uh, those things working in in harmony. And that's what you want. It's just a little sign that your body tells you. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, two weeks before I, the season started for my big year of footy, again, I ankle reconstruction on the um, right-hand side of the body. Not the right-hand, the left-hand side. Left side so my two big injuries, one where I was just about to go through... Um, Puberty. Um, with my when I was eleven, twelve. Oh yeah, it all happened then. Um, and then a big step of going into to manhood, seventeen, eighteen. I'm just licking this all back now. All my big, you know, as a teenager going in, 
instead of going flat out, I needed to stop and have a look inwards. Going into 18, about to hit the big time again. So it was all these little signs going, hey, hey, look inwards. You need to slow down. Yeah. Um, and I got those two big injuries. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And you got to be grateful for it. You're not at the time, but yeah. That's the best thing about this podcast is all this stuff comes out as well. It's not just a podcast, it's a healing podcast. Um, so thank you, T-Dog, for holding the space and bringing that up for me and for me to see that, that just then. So I just want to, uh, yeah, give thanks to you. And the uh, you're welcome, my man. And Mother Nature. Will, Will lives through the heart, and and um, you know when I uh, when I sat down with him for coffee, we were getting to know each other a bit, and, and he just these days. I mean, I never I never knew you, but I feel like I've known you forever. Yeah. Sometimes I say weird things like that, but these days, <laughs> <laughs> um, you you just uh, you really trust your instincts. When you have a thought or a feeling, um, you connect with it. I can tell that it's really obvious being around you. And um, when we're sitting in front of each other, having a cuppa, um, we were just said, do you want to do a podcast? And it just felt right to him to say that. And it felt right to me to say yes. Yeah. Um, uh. So that's what we're doing. And, you know, if it's a little bit clunky on the way and, you know, if we're healing through the process, I think um, that we're doing the right thing. You know, yeah. And if, if some people get some value out of it, all the merrier. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. If this triggers some emotion in you, then that's doing it. That's it's the medicine, the medicine that you need. And that's the beautiful thing about it. So, how has the spiritual world and your connection? Spirit, or self, or source, or love of nature. Like, how does that all tie in? When did you really start connecting with it? How did? How the fuck do you connect to that? Like, I know some people are like, "What are you woo-woo people on about?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So, for you guys that are into the, you know, spiritual's got a bad rap now because you just think of like some weird. Spiritual hippie or whatever, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love them. I love those guys. Like they're my, you know. But you can be spiritual and not have to look like that. Right, you know. I, I'm trying to bring the that concept of living in harmony with Mother Nature. My big thing, Mother Nature. I love Mother Nature. Um, she's my guide. Uh, when I've got questions I want to ask, I I give them to her. And meditate on it, whether that's um, out in the garden, sitting on the rocks, watching the sea, um, or just going for a run or a walk. And um, so, tying this all back to where I am today is that you know I, I I grew up on an island. My foundation years from seven to seven, mainly. Um, was I was on an island with no traffic lights, no McDonald's, no KFC, living off the 
seeing cows, how cows get brought up, and life on the farm, the interaction. Um, the interaction, my, my, uh, my dad had a better relationship with the cows and the land than he did with us. But I picked up on that, that his connection with the land is um, to be a farmer, you need it. If you don't have that connection, um, oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I know. That's just a wave splashing on it saying hello. Um, if you don't have that connection, you're going to struggle being a, a farmer. So I picked that up off my dad, um, which I didn't know. Uh, I also had, so that was at two, and then I, I left that and went and lived my life. Um, tying that back, I, I, and I've mentioned it before, my mum, my mum's mum in the stolen gen- generation, so I've got the Aboriginal uh, blood running through me, a quarter. I don't, if you looked at me, you wouldn't say I had it in me. I probably look like more like a Viking or something than I do um, Aboriginal or European or something like that. But I've got that in me as well. But that Aboriginal, I, I'm connected to that Aboriginal land and coming back to the sunny coast, especially. I felt like it was home and, and this is where I belong. And this is the first time I've come to a place and gone, this is home. When I go back to the island, I feel that as well. So I've got these two connections of land, home, um, which which just connects me. And I feel um, at ease and in balance when I'm at, on King Island and when I'm on the sunny coast. Um, but the real connection was I... <clears throat> My brother um, passed away two years ago, um, October 25th, 24th, 25th, it happened in the evening. Um, what was your relationship with your brother because we haven't heard much about him yet. Yeah, it was, it's a tough one. It could it could have been better. It could have been better. Um... He had epilepsy, and it held him back a bit. Um, you know, he his mentality was a 12 to 14-year-old. So you can sit down and have a conversation with him, and it could be sweet. And sometimes the stuff he did, you just knew, like, you know. And he knew it, and it got him back. And, you know, I loved him and stuff like that. Uh, you, you go through these phases of could I have been a better brother to him with his disabilities and, you know, um, but with all the knowledge that I had, I knew I couldn't go there. I still went there and asked it, but I was still able to work through it and not use alcohol and stuff as a coping mechanism as I used to use it in the past. Don't get me wrong, I did use it a little bit, but I grabbed myself and said, you got to stop now. And, um, in the more recent time. yeah, yeah. So when he passed away, I went straight to it. Yeah. I was on King Island. I felt like home. It was my nurture. It was my mother. Yeah. It was my, my comfort. And when that was the first time I'd had someone in my family die like that. Um, so I, I did go straight to it as that nurture, but I, I, I picked up on it. Um, so with that, I was still coaching people, and then I found I couldn't coach anyone. How 
So I was bringing all this together. I was bringing in Mother Nature. I was bringing the spirituality concept to it because I knew there was more to it. And I tapped through it through Mother Nature. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I was I was um, helping more people. I felt better than what it was when I was 22. Um, but I still felt like something was missing. I was used. I was still using alcohol. I was still like it was. There was something that I was. I was still missing. And then my brother passed away, and I moved to Australia. And I was on the beach, and we just moved to Oz. And I didn't know if I wanted to be in the health and fitness, as we call personal training. I knew I still wanted to be in the health and fitness industry, um, but I didn't want to be a personal trainer anymore. Rocking up and counting reps and stuff. I knew um, there was a greater. There was something greater to health like the movement part of it is part of it but the what i wanted to do was just a bit broader and 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 greater to to just being in the gym and and counting reps for someone and i got to uh the sunny coast and uh i was sitting on the beach and um i like to meditate and and use mother nature i was like right what am i meant to do and it hit me and it said get in the garden gardening um, so I've always had that connection, um, as I wanted to be a farmer. I was like, yes, yeah, sweet. Okay. I like that. I like being out in the garden doing that. Um, and then, <clears throat> so I was like, yeah, cool. Started doing it. Like everything fell into place and, um, life was good. And I started connecting with nature, like properly asking questions I was in it. I'm in it every day, working with it, working with the soil, which then got me um, on a two-year journey of diving deep into soil health. I know. Um, I, I don't think that you realise that you did this, but um, you started with your brother, and, and you've gone you've gone a little bit deeper than that with me, one to one, and um, then you diverted. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why it's uh, so good, eh? Uh, yeah, it, it could have been better. It, it could have. I I could have given him more time. Um, and I had to work through that. Um, and that's something I still have to live with every day. Um... But how do I, I, I was happy for him because he passed and he was trapped. His soul was trapped in, um, with his condition with epilepsy and, um, he was happy to go. Um, so, you know, I, this was probably the biggest, this was, ah, <laughs> uh, see where you're taking this. I see where he's taking his. Taking the podcast here already. So, you know, you could, 
I'm, I'm, I still get freaked out about this. Um, people like, you know, people talk about this and stuff like that. And I, so I've never shared this with it, like publicly like this. I can, I can, I'm going to say I can, because I know I can, can get in touch with spirits that have passed. They come through me. They'll come and see me. Um, it's happened, uh, five times when I've allowed it to happen. Um, with, uh, I've had two people that have passed away that have committed, uh, suicide. Um, and they've come through me straight away. Um, I've had a past, um, spirit come through me, um, on my dad's side and my brother, the day of his funeral came through me and, uh, and said that, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was just like, what, what happened? Nah, it's, what did he, say? he came through and he, he was, you could just feel his spirit just jumping around with joy and just flashing about and going, I'm free brother. I, I'm happy. I don't, there's no, I don't grudge any. There's no, you were fine as a brother. It was sweet. Um, I'm sorry if I did anything to you, you know, to you to that affected you. Um, but you were an awesome brother and there's nothing, there's nothing more you could do and I'm proud of you. Um, which, and this was the day of his funeral. <laughs> and, um, but we didn't, we never said that to each other when we were alive. Like I like when I'd hang up, I'd say, I love you. Um, and, but it wasn't like, it wasn't a deep, I didn't have that deep connection with him. And the more I got connected and deep, the more I sort of looked back on it and it was like, oh man, I wish I, I did more. But then at the same time, I know you can't hold yourself accountable for that. Because he's he came and said everything was sweet. It's all sweet. Yeah. It? Uh, so yeah. So it's all sweet. Amazing. Yeah. So uh, for you woo woo, <laughs> and then for you people that uh, um, aren't into that, yeah. Now you've been enlightened to it. <laughs> but yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting conversation yeah. to have because I think that. Um, amazing yeah wow what a place to sit yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're just out of the ocean he's getting uh he's talking to us 
Yeah, so um, we'll get back to my story. Almost, almost, almost there. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, two wanna, years. I just want to thank you, man, for, um, for sharing that. I know that that was tough. I know that I, yeah. I sort of, I nudged you there a little bit. Yeah. And, um, uh, that's, uh, thank you for sharing your voice and, um, and opening up for that. Yeah. That was very uncomfortable. That's the first time I've ever... <laughs> I can see you sweating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had some tears earlier. We got yeah. some sweat. Yeah. This is what it's all about. This is why I wanted to start the podcast. This is why I want to help. Um, and this is the medicine that people need to hear in this time. Because the medicine that's being given at the moment numbs you. Destroys your soul stops the connection with mother nature or whatever you want to call it you'll have a name for it that's just what i like to call it some people like to call it god some people like to call it source i'll call it source now and then um but yeah there's just yeah that's my why I think one of the beautiful things about you and, um, and your journey and who you're becoming and what you're, what you're clearly trying to do and, and are doing um, more appropriately is, uh, is letting go of the, the hang-ups and, and the egos and the pain and, and leaning into some real hard truths. Um, and they're, they're, not, not, they're not all hard, but, but some of the ones that we've been hung up on tend to be really hard. But really leaning into the truth of your life and what you feel you're here to do and, and who you're here to be. And, um, and trusting in your, your instincts and just letting it play out. And I think that that's fucking cool. That's... Yeah, brother. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Find your true passion, your one love. And, uh, yeah. Get out of that rat race. Is there anything else that's really pressing that's more important that you want to share today? Yeah, so just wrapping it all up. Um, I've been on that two year, two year journey of reconnecting with Mother Nature. And using the, my ancestors, past and present, and and just being a, like out in nature eight, ten, twelve hours a day for my healing process. The gift of my brother that my brother gave me was to get back in nature, and for me to be able to hear that that nugget and that whisper that when I was meditating. Um, and it came to me is to actually then act on that and trust in the process and not, and not question it. And, and I've only just figured out that was the gift from my brother as well, guys. So, <laughs> um, which then, yeah, I went on that two year, two year cycle to, um, to get the knowledge of the soil and how bad it, how bad it is just in every, everyday life that. You go into people's backyard and you can look into your backyard and 
and you look out there and you've got if you've got weeds everywhere and you don't really your soil's not that healthy and you know and then you look then you're out there playing that and you're spraying on um spraying um roundup or what are all these other chemicals on your soil which just kills it even more and we have these pest controllers that come in and we don't want ants in our house so they kill all off all the ants and cockroaches which play a role within the soil um then we lose in all that kind of stuff and then you look at our food and where's that come from and then you look at the soil and you look at the monocrops and all the factory farming um that's going on there and then you're in and then you're like holy shit um you gotta look after mother nature as you do as you as your um as the land as you do your your body and then i was like i disconnected it i was like why can't your backyard be your garden and your holy place of if you go out in your backyard and your soil health's amazing and you're growing your own food or um you're just touching the soil which then if you touch that soil and you touch your mouth puts amazing organisms into your body because we're mainly made up of just organisms that's what we're made up of bacteria and fungi and everything but if we're touching our soil and making ourselves healthy that way as well as eating good healthy food then why can't these two things of the human health and the land health come together and and gain optimal harmony within the human body and within the human society as well as um mother nature that's how deep i got on all that to over those two years and that was the question of my question was how i got that that answer was how do i make how do i bring the land and health together for us to work in harmony because it's like uh, the soil right now is kind of like equal to our suppressed emotions uh, and our like, toxic bodies yeah and it's really hard to get that that love message when you've shut down from your emotions and it's really hard to get that um that message i guess from the land and the, the gifts from the land when the quality of the soil just isn't there in our food. Yep. It's not playing its role all the way through. Yep. And, uh, you know, the fact that people wake up, put some slippers on, you're walking around in your house with shoes on, then you go to your office with your rubber sole shoes on, and then you're inside um, on your computer desk or selling or in a First thing so, you know is pick up your phone, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Well I still do that, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> still get you even if you, you do all this stuff. It sucks you in. Yeah, it gets you. And that's another podcast we'll go into. Um and then you're in your office and or you're selling wherever you're doing. You don't go outside, you got official light. So you have lunch and you probably have it at your desk. <clears throat> you jump back in your car, you go to the gym, you're inside, you're still in your rubber-soled shoes, you're pumping out the the uh, the weights, you jump in your car, it's dinner time, you go to the supermarket, buy all your food in there, 
which is just being sprayed with so much stuff, unless you go into an organic one. Um, and then you're going home and you're inside and you might take your shoes off. I don't know, you might have put your slippers back on. And you haven't been outside, you haven't got your feet on the ground. <clears throat> you're eating, putting stuff in the microwave to warm stuff up or you're just... Uh, so as you can see, a lot of people's life is that you don't get outside. Your feet don't touch the ground. And you're in all these boxes, artificial light all the time. So you're that cut off from Mother Nature that you you can't, like, you just, through no fault of your own, you just don't know how important it is. Well, in a lot of ways, yeah, it is just how we've come to live. You know, sometimes it's just been passed down over the last couple of generations that, that that is how we do life. Yeah. And then you might... You might have hobbies where you you just love being outside playing footy or playing frisbee or swimming or surfing or whatever, and it, it gives you that freedom and that joy. And you know, if you're experiencing that, then then go do that more. Yeah. If you love being in the garden, go do that more. Yeah, that's just it. Explore that a whole other side that's... of what you know, and just be open to it. Make it fun. Life's about having fun. We just get caught in this rat race. Trying to make money. Doing the stuff for the kids. Or whoever. You're meant to be impressing. So yeah. And that's the, that's the stuff that's coming up with the people that you're that you're working with and what you're what you're working through and what you feel is important. Yeah. Yeah, so again, so wrapping all that up. Um, on my journey, I had to go through, that was my path. And I'm so grateful and I wouldn't change anything for in the world for the path that I went on to. So I could learn the skills that I needed to learn to then help and, and put it in a... Um, a process, a theory, philosophy. So someone who is in that situation has somewhere to go to. Because when I was growing up, we didn't have the internet. We, there was no, there was no way of finding things like this unless you stumbled across some, you know, which I did along my journey, across the right types of people to help you along that way, and. Look, you know, if I was to sit here and go, oh, it's easy, and even if you have these tools, it's still going to be easy, I'd probably be blowing smoke up your ass. And probably, I'm not telling you the truth because it's, you know, the stuff comes up and it's hard. Like, you got to look in the, your shadows. That's not easy work. you got to look at, like, you know, I'll use psychedelics as an example. Like, they're used, like, people say you have a bad trip. And people get scared of that bad trip. But all the psychedelics is doing is it's showing you what you've got in the closet. What you're hiding deep down inside of you. Um, and if you've got people that know how to guide you through that, then those bad trips, you're able to go, yeah, it's okay. 
and it just uh, and work through it. Um, what can I learn from that? Yeah, it's, what, it's never a bad trip. It just oh yeah. What does that mean for me? Mother Nature was just ready to show me what needed to come out. You know, whatever you're hiding down deep inside. So. Um, when do you use psychedelics is, and, and how long have you been playing around? Yes, uh, probably five. No, it would have been oh, in a in a ritual in a um, in a um, medicine um, way because obviously I use them as a a coping mechanism. Um, but in a medicinal way to help me and having a, a connection with it would have been um, maybe four or five years ago. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, using it as medicine and asking questions with it. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, we're here to help. That's my story. That's how I've got to where I am. Um, and obviously, the, there's a lot, as you can see, I've only just brushed over the, the surface with it. There's little intricate um, details that we go into and stories and stuff like that um, that we get deep into um, where <clears throat> we have come up with a, you know, a 12-week course, 90-day course where we... Um, Get these processes kicking off. Yeah. Support people through. Yeah. And give you the 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 philosophy and um, the theory and the tools. Like you get a toolbox. Because we um, the best thing with us is your story is not like my story, and there's going to be little connections that you know I would have said something today, which you connected to completely something different to what I said. But for you, you just needed to hear it in that way. Now, we give you a toolbox to work with, but we let you find your way on this journey because it's not mine or T-Dog's journey. It's your journey. And that's where some, like, trainers go and healers or whatever. It's got to be their way or the highway. And it's, it's not. There's so much out there. I'm really excited about this. So, yeah, we got this 12-week structure um, that lays a bit of a framework, but within that, that opens up so many opportunities to uh, to just dig in and, and work through some of the layers. Yeah, and um, if any of you like myself, if you're in a box and trapped, um, you're going to want to run and hide and not want to grow. So we... Uh, as uh, T Dog said, as as we um, as you grow in this, um, there's no there's no bars, there's no we don't care where you go with it, we'll help you. And it's a um, yeah, you're lost. I am. I'm it's lost within. If, if there's an intuition or an awareness that you want to change and you think that we can help and you'd like to lean on us, then let's talk. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're just going to open the space for you to grow. 
and find out who you are. And live through the heart. And then help future generations grow as well. And then you could be, you know, you could just grow and live a happy life or you could be that person then that helps that, you know, 12 year old you that's just looking for some nurture and love and guidance. Yeah, I think that's it. We just, we just let go and lean in and, and then give that gift to the next generation. Beautiful. Health, my man. Health, love and peace. Out. Are we good? We're good. Thank you for sharing today, my man. No worries. That's been, uh... <laughs> I just went to press pause. And uh, T-Dog's like, fuck that. <laughs> okay. No, we can't shut that down, man. So, uh, yeah, just want to thank everyone uh, who's, who's listened this far. Um, and thank Will for being a part of this today and opening up. I, uh, I really wanted to do this podcast with him and... Um, when I said who's going to go first, um, I don't know. It just so happened that it was you and, and you were sweet with it. So I think that that's, that's awesome the yeah. way that it worked out. And, you know, thanks for taking the first step with me um, in speaking out of truth and, um, and being an example. And uh, let's keep this good thing going. Yeah, thanks for holding the space, brother. Very grateful. We'll, we'll speak to you guys soon. Soon. All right. Look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. Uh, get ready for uh, T-Dog because he's up next. <laughs> All right. Ciao.